Hey book people, welcome to Books with Abna. On today's episode, I have Accord Literary with me. We'll be talking about the creative workshop here in Accra and publishing in Africa. I'll read something very small about Accord Literary and then we can start the conversation. Accord Literary is a venture designed to develop, mentor, and support writers based in Africa, writing books for young readers. Their mission is to find original and unique voices and get their books into the hands of readers around the world. I have Sarah with me and she's going to... Hi, Sarah. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm good, thank you. The sun is shining in London today, which makes a sun, difference. The sun is really up high in Accra too. <laughs> I want you to tell us about the Accord Literary how did this venture designed to develop mentor and support writers based in Africa come to be? What is the journey of Accord Literary and what do you do? Um, how did it come to be? I have worked in publishing in the UK, um, but with a quite an international perspective um, for about 30 years, quite a long time. And I was, doing some work in West Africa for um, British Council, researching the, um, the children's literature scene. And I met lots of authors. And so many people said to me they felt that there wasn't um, support for them or interest in their books, interest in their stories. And I'm an editor. And I thought, oh, well, that's such a shame because I'm interested in those stories. So I'm sure other people will be too. It, really, the big issue is getting the stories to other people in a way that other people that other people can listen to the stories and hear the stories properly. So we decided. Um, I decided that I would start in a smallish way by working with a few authors to help them develop their manuscripts. Um, having worked in publishing for a very long time, mm. I'm very aware of the fact that um, writers get better at their work the more practice they have. And like everybody, you often really benefit from advice and guidance. And I thought, well, that's what I can give. That's what I can do. I can, because I have experience, I can share that experience with people. And so we started working, I started working together with several authors and um, got some really, really exciting books um, kind of coming through the pipeline. Um, and then of course we have, we have the books, we have the great books and yeah. what next, how, how do, where do we go with that? So I started twinning up with literary agents in the UK and in Europe and in the US oh, okay. to find find homes for those books and we're really interested in getting the books published around the world mm -hmm. as well as getting the books published in sub-Saharan Africa because um, it's important that everybody gets to hear the stories yes. and share the stories yes and they're not they're not being made for a foreign audience. Mm. They're stories mm. that have relevance to so many people's lives. And we want we really wanted to have the books published at, at home as yes. well. Yes. So we have we're working with publishers in Nigeria and Ghana, but the books are being distributed and sold 
around the continent now, Rwanda, Uganda, Nigeria, Ghana, Sierra Leone, UK, Brazil, Italy, North America. Wow. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's very, very exciting. So what started as a kind of, um, what started actually partly because I thought there's so much success for authors, African authors writing for adults at the moment in the world. People are really interested in those stories. Um, and I felt, as I often do about children's literature, that we sort of get the short end of the stick, yes. that we, we kind of, we get left out of it in the children's book world. So in a kind of act of rebellion, I thought, well, I'm going to do something about it. And I'm really proud, actually, that um, it is bearing fruit. We've got some, got some great stuff coming through. Okay, we are going to go to the titles that you, you, you've done so far. But before that, you mentioned that you have worked in publishing for a long time. African writers publishing with Western traditional publishers or presses are telling stories of the continent in a way that the Western audience wants. Quotes. The Western idea of Africa through stories that are heavily laced with conflict, colonial struggle, identity crisis, and poverty, while those stories still exist, they are still relevant, they shouldn't exist as the only lens of the whole African continent and experience. Why is it important that we as a continent publish our own stories? Why is it important that we tell and publish our stories as well? You're not going to sustain those stereotypes, of course. I mean, the, the point of that horrible stereotype is um, that um, I personally stand very strongly against those ideas, mm. that that's what people want to read about Africa. Um, I think uh, there's an awful lot of people who have a very stereotype idea of the continent and they think it is all about conflict and it's all about stress and poverty yes i think that stories can do a lot to show people that that's not the case that there are so many other great things going on um elizabeth irene's book crossing the stream is the most perfect book about friendship and about intergenerational love mm. and about mm. the environment and caring for the environment it happens to be set in ghana and it's very empowering because it is set in Ghana with young Ghanaian children. Um, and it there's, you know, what's the worst thing that happens in the book? Somebody fights with his mother. You know, those are kind of completely normal, everyday, universal situations. And for me, um, because I must say, it's absolutely one of the things that drives me is to reverse the stereotype of Africa in literature that is often bought by people who don't have experience of the continent. Um, and I, I think that literature can turn things on their head and they can, literature stories can make people think again. And it's so important that those stories are shared and that they're shared to, to all audiences, mm. black and white, because I, I live in London. I, sp I do spend quite a lot of time in West Africa. I have family and very important part of my life is in Nigeria. And it never occurred to me for a minute that 
you couldn't use African children to carry universal themes. Wow. And that I believe is something that we can see by bringing new voices through who want to talk about Africa as they see it and live it, not as people see it on the news. Yes. For example, at the moment, the conflict in Sudan, the way the West is receiving that is like, well, if, you know, yet again, more yes. conflict. Another one. And it's, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Just speaking about publishing here in Africa, you also, worked, you also said that you have worked here researching. The thing is that Ghana, we don't have publishing houses. We don't have publishing houses that publish creative work. What we do have is that most of the publishing houses or printers are printing or publishing textbooks and religious books. And our creatives are not actively nurtured. We are stifling their creativity. I have seen that Accord Literary you are doing some very great work mentoring, developing, and also bringing abundant talents and creating a platform for new and unique voices. Tell us about your development program, your mentorship initiatives, what you have done over the years with your program. First of all, addressing your, your comments about um, what's being published in um, some African countries and that there there is... Um, the the problem is that it's often very difficult to make money from publishing yes um it it is increasingly difficult to make money from publishing and that's not only in um africa but it's in the rest of the world as well we mm. all struggle to make money and and the way that we make it in the uk often is we we have books that we can sell around the world and for various reasons um again, I think it's to do with information and knowledge. That isn't something that African publishers often feel they have access to. Um, it's also something else I'd really love to be involved in, is thinking yeah. about how we can help publishers reach out to other publishers like them around the world yes. and, and monetize, monetize their content. Mm. So the, thing, the great thing about school books and textbooks is that there is an audience, there's always an audience for that. Yes. You're yes. always going to sell those books. Whereas a novel, you can walk into a shop and you can think, oh, I don't really fancy it. Yeah. You don't have to read it. You know, you, you leave it. So there's, there's a very big economic conversation there um, about the, the way in which publishers think about what they're doing and their contacts with publishers in other countries. And there's some great initiatives um, being set up that are, are really about skill sharing amongst publishers to help everybody know each other a little bit better um the, the what we're doing in terms of mentoring people is giving people the opportunity to be supported to tell their stories and also giving people editorial advice and one of the things i was interested when i first met was meeting with writers was that they a couple of people said to me well i take my book along to the publisher and they just print it so i'm not edited um it's not really checked inconsistencies all of those things and they I can think of one person in particular she was really desperate to be edited she really wanted to have that relationship with an editor and to be tested and challenged and and therefore 
she felt write a better book. So our mentoring is really very much about that. It's about helping a writer realize the story that they really want to tell in the best possible way. Um, we do workshops where we gather people together. We gather writers and illustrators together and have people practice their writing and practice their illustration and talk to one another and skill build and generally imp improve their skills. Okay, so how many years have you done this here in Africa? Um, in in Sub-Saharan Africa, I've been working since about 2018, wow. doing working on projects. Wow. Um, I in early in the early and I think in about 2010, I was in Nigeria and I ran a project there. Um, I must say, I've, I'm always open to people getting in touch with me mm. and sending mm. me their projects for, for me to think about in terms of, you know, whether or not we can work on the on a publishing basis. But actually, specifically focusing on the mentoring, I started in about 2018, oh, wow. and it and it's a combination of um, working with authors one to one, and I. Um, I work with some authors and then I also twin authors with editors here in the UK. Okay. Um, there's a there's a wonderful pool of freelance editorial people who are really keen to be involved in this project. And I work putting authors and editors together. Um, during the pandemic, um, we hosted a few online um, training sessions, okay. I suppose. Um, and that was great. And what was so exciting about that is, I mean, for one in particular, we had over 80 people and the people attended from literally all over the continent. But we also, I saw people coming in from Singapore and the Philippines and I was like, <laughs> oh, this is fantastic. It was just the really proper meeting of minds. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then again in May, we're doing a workshop uh, for four-day creative retreat in Accra yes. um, at the end of May Yes, in person, which I'm okay. so excited about. We'll talk about that, but um, with your experience as a publisher, can you tell us about the mistakes emerging or burden writers make um, here? And what, what advice would you give them? Well, I think the mistakes that budding authors make, emerging authors make everywhere is the same. Um, and that, uh, first of all, I think the most obvious thing is that thinking something is finished when you've done your first draft. Mm. I think that sometimes you have to do two, three, four, five drafts before you can share it with somebody else. And even then, you have to be prepared to know that it could well take more work. Yes. Um, so I think that's the, I think for me, that's the, the, the mistake that, most emerging writers sh share mm. um, and I can understand why people are very enthusiastic that they've written their story yes uh, my advice always is to put it in the drawer the proverbial drawer mm. and leave it for at least six weeks mm. don't go near it bring it out and reread it and you'll see oh this you know the plot isn't working the characters disappear you'll spot mistakes that you would never spot if you just read it straight when you've written it. Yeah. Um, I think an, another um, mistake that people often share 
is that um, a very simple thing of thinking about the age of the reader and mm -hmm. the content that you want to write about. Um, the children's book world is very structured yeah. in um, like sedimentary layers from your first readers who are about six or seven years old up to people of 18 who are for all intents and purposes adults. Yeah. So what an eight what an eight year old can read and understand is different even to what a 12 or 13 year old will be reading and then to a 15 year old and an 18 year old. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you want if you want to write for a 10 year old and deal with a difficult theme like grief or um, bullying, you yeah. do it in a in a different tone of voice. Oh that that you would use for a 15 year old mm -hmm. you could include mm -hmm. different examples and I think people have to think quite hard about that about the age of their reader yeah how old is the, how old is the person and and is is the content appropriate for them yes um and then I think another thing is sometimes people forget that while themes are very important in children's literature and we do want to encourage confidence and self-worth and pride and all those wonderful things that you get from a book the story should lead you to those conclusions mm. you shouldn't necessarily um, aim to bombard the reader yes. with um, a political ideology on those wow. you know you have you kind of have to it's like medicine you have to wrap it up and Make it able to swallow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So um, talk to us about the author, illustrator, creative retreat happening here in Ghana. When is it happening? Um, what um, will we authors and illustrators get out of it? And yeah, why are we doing this? Um, why are we doing it? We're doing it because we want to help build community. We want to get people from different parts of the world we have somebody coming from France, we have somebody coming from the US, we have somebody coming from Bermuda, we have somebody from, we have people from Ethiopia, Rwanda, Nigeria, Ghana. How many so people a, are in the retreat? Altogether, there will be around 25 attendees and six facilitators. Okay. Um, and the, it's, this. It's split more or less half and half between authors and illustrators. Mm -hmm. And um, we'll, we'll, we'll split the groups up into smaller groups. Okay. And people will work quite closely with different facilitators. And the goal really is to give people the opportunity to do nothing else but to think about their stories and to do that with people who can share their ideas, um, help them think about things in a different way, encourage them to try different voices. Um, and that's not just the facilitators, because mm. the wonderful thing about retreats often is that the attendees are so such fantastic critics yes. and so supportive of one another that they want to see they want to see one another expand and develop and grow and so the the idea is really to have a sort of four-day hothouse environment where people can all sit together all talk all share all think about stories and also do some writing and illustrating okay when is it happening 
It's happening on the 29th of May and it's going to run through till the 1st of June. Where is it happening in Ghana? Well, we're delighted to be partnering with the British Council. Okay. So we're going to be based at British Council. Um, unfortunately, I'm sorry to say this, guys, but we have we we can't have more people join us for the retreat mm. Mm. because um, the idea is to be very hands-on and very involved with people's yes. work. Yes. So if the group gets too big, we lose that um, free, that freedom. But on the 27th of May, also at the British Council, we're hosting what we're calling creative sessions. Mm. And we're inviting everybody and anybody to come to that and to have an opportunity to talk to um, one of our facilitators is Ken Wilson Max, who's a publisher at HarperCollins here in the UK. Wow. And he, he publishes books for, for the younger end, for pitch books and young readers and myself. And we're saying to people, come and talk to us about your projects. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us, you know, kind of pitch to us your projects. Uh, we've got um, people joining from the film industry in the UK and in the US to talk about writing for TV, writing for film. Wow. How do you how do you enter that industry? Um, we're going to be promoting it quite soon on social media. The plans are just kind of getting embedded down now, but that's the 27th. And that is literally open to anybody who wants to come along. Okay, okay. And I think it'll be a fun day. It's going to be conversations, there's going to be panel discussions. There's going to be authors talking about writing for YA, writing mm. for middle grade, you know, a whole a whole big day of creative thinking. Wow, wow, that sounds really nice. Let's talk about accord literary. Um, how if I have a novel, for example, and yes. I'm I've written for young adults, maybe between the ages eight to sixteen, and I want to approach you for editing and then publishing. How do I approach you? How do I get in touch with Accord Literary? Um, we have a website that has all the information and it's accordliterary.co.uk. Um, we ask people to send us a bio and a synopsis and the first little bit of their story so if it's a picture book we'll see the whole thing if it's a middle grade title two or three thousand words if it's an older title for teen and YA readers um, we'd like about the first thousand words um, so that we can get a taste of your style a taste of what the writer wants to talk about in their book and um, I would pay I would plan on how you would get in touch with Accord in the same way that you would plan on how to get in touch with a publisher and think about your submission letter, think about your bio, think about the the bit of the manuscript that you're sharing. Is it um, formatted well? Is you know look at all of all of those kind of very basic things um, to make it as attractive as possible in terms of yeah. our team reading and considering but we are always open to people sending in material and asking us to have a look Uh, we see our job as um, mentoring Mm. we we want to get authors happy with their work and confident about what they've made yes and then and from there we go on to try to find 
those authors publishing houses around the world. Okay, talk to us about the books that you have worked on from 2018 till now. What are some of the titles so that we well, can look out for them? Well, the, the two Ghanaian authors are Ruby Goka's book, um, Even When Your Voice Shakes, which is a oh, wonderful story. And great. also Elizabeth Irene, Crossing the Stream. Wow. Um, and they're really, really wonderful books. I mean, we're just so proud of them. They've been published in the U.S., and both of them have really excelled in the in the American market. Um, Elizabeth Irene won an award from Howard University for her book, which was we were so thrilled. Wow! Um, and both of them have international sales. They're both being translated into different languages. Oh. And um, uh, Cassava Republic, who I'm sure you know, are um, publishing Elizabeth Irene's book in the UK and West Africa but not Ghana. In Ghana, it's being published by Kwabena at um, the, his publishing house. <laughs> I know he has two, two names for his publishing house. And then, anyway, so he, <laughs> Kwabena's publishing her, her in Ghana, oh. which we're very pleased about. Any other books we should be looking out for, even um, if it's not in Ghana here? Well, there's a book by a woman called Blessing Musariri, and it's being published by WIDA in Nigeria. And they have, I'm pretty sure they have Ghana rights. Mm -hmm. And it's called All That It Ever Meant. And it's a really astounding um, YA novel. Yeah. It's about a family who live in the UK who journey back to Zimbabwe. And you're not quite sure at the beginning of the book why they're, why they're making this journey. Um, and the novel is very much about the reason why. And there's a twist in the tale of this book that literally people are like, oh, what a surprise. I, I, I did not expect that to be the case. And it's a beautiful book. She's really fine literary voice. And she's called Blessing. Blessing with Sariri. Wow. So I'd we'll look, look out for out that for as that. well. Yeah, yeah we'll definitely look out for that. Before we close this, I want you to first talk to us just maybe that one advice, one, that one advice you give to a burden or emerging author with writing, with regards to writing and maybe seeking or wanting to publish your work, that one advice you give them. Um, never give up mm. because it's a, it can be a very long journey. And if you don't believe in yourself 100%, um, and I know you people hyperbole, you know, 200%, but, you know, maximum, you have to believe in yourself more than anybody else can ever believe in you. Yeah. And you yeah. have to keep going. You have to persist. But you also have to know that you can get better. Yes. Because um, the I believe, I really believe that writing is a craft and that you like all crafts, you polish it and polish mm. and polish and polish. And mm. what's that rule, 10,000 hours or something? You you must always know that you can keep working and keep improving. And that's such an exciting thing, but also sometimes a little bit daunting to, to keep in mind. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. That advice was really, really, really good. Do you mind sharing with us some of the names for the people attending the retreat, or you cannot share that? Um, 
I can tell you the facilitators. Yes. I won't tell you. I won't tell you the attendees. Um, okay. Uh, I feel like that's for them to tell you. Um, okay. But the facilitators are Ken Wilson Max, who's a publisher and designer, and generally um, a fantastic book person. Yeah. Um, as Eleanor Taylor, who's an illustrator who's published over, I think she told me the other day, over 40 books, pitch books. And oh. she's really exceptional. Um, and she's also a teacher. And she really inspires people um, to, to do just such beautiful work. Mm -hmm. um, there's a woman called Aisha Townsend, who is a poet and a professor from Bermuda College. There's a woman called Victoria Wells Arms from North America. She's a literary agent and she has been a publisher in the past. And her experience is across the board from picture wow. books all the way to YA. Wow. So get, anybody who gets to spend time with Victoria, who's really super skilled at her job, will just have such a good time. Mm. And and um, Elizabeth Johnson, who I know you know, who's, yes. who's based with you guys. Yes. Um, she she's a huge part of this and none of this could happen without Elizabeth she's just brilliant um I hope that afterwards she'll have a very big rest <laughs> and there's my there's myself so between yes. us we're we're hoping to well we're really looking forward to working with everybody that's coming um the the, the work samples that we got we when we put out the call for people to apply to come we got over 60 submissions um, we whittled it down <laughs> with something approaching kind of tears um, to 25. Oh. And um, we're really looking forward to working with everybody. And it's a lovely range of style, voice, interest. Mm. Mm. So we've got people who are interested in picture books all the way through to people who want to do big, epic fantasy novels. Mm. So we've got a really lovely mix. Wow. Um, and Back to something that you said right at the beginning, Abena, the thing for me about everybody that submitted their work was their interest in portraying their lives and the lives of people around them in a beautiful, positive, honest way. And sometimes dealing with difficult issues, but always empowering. Wow. So we're, we're looking forward to, to sharing the stories with people. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Trying new things. Okay. So a little bit somewhere told me that publishing means a lot to you as well. I mean, publishing African stories mean a lot to you as well because you yourself are married to a Nigerian man and you have black children and you were not able to find books that culturally represented your children. So you you sought to make sure that materials for kids are made accessible tell us about it when my daughters were little and uh, they're in their 30s now oh um i i used to buy books for them in america mm. um because i couldn't get i i when i visited nigeria i could get as you've already pointed out um school books or folk tales yes um but i couldn't get contemporary literature for them published mm on the continent and I used to buy books in the US first of all picture books and then we graduated to reading fiction that I would bring back when I'd been in the US for work and 
I was always incensed by the fact that British publishers, um, I've worked in publishing, I've heard this with my own ears, um, believe things like books with black people on the covers don't sell. Yeah. Books with, by authors with dif difficult names, whatever <laughs> that is, don't sell. I mean, you cannot um, easily, you have to roll your tongue to pronounce the names. Yeah. Yeah. Or you, or you might make a mistake. Yes. And somehow that's going to put you off. Why will it put you off? I mean, <laughs> not everybody's called John Smith. We have to be able to, you know, think about it a bit. Um, and that in when they were little, the books that we saw published in the UK with black children on had titles like racism. Mm. And the person on the cover was a black person, not a white person, because mm. a black person's a... Um, a subject of racism they're not the perpetrator and in my my opinion you should have a white person on that <laughs> um let's just you know call it like it is um and it was we we got round it mm. i worked hard to make sure that we had books in the house um that represented a wider world um and i i've always felt that um the portrayal of Africa for children is is so fraught and it does involve famine, poverty, poverty, conflict, refugees, yes. com, you know, war, the backdrop, just, war, war, you know, I, I don't know that it just that doesn't it isn't right. Yeah, we still have some way to go. Yes. And I do think initiatives like this do help a little bit. Yes, yes. We're doing our bit. Yes. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining me. My, my pleasure. It, it would be such an honor to meet the team when they arrive in Ghana. Well, so please come. Please come on the 27th. Please. I will. I will. I will. I will. Thank you so much. I for look forward to meeting you in, in person. I will. Thank you I so will much be there. The time. <laughs> Good. Yeah.